Welcome to Profit First Nation, the official podcast for entrepreneurs who are operating their businesses in the zone of permanent profitability. I'm Mike Michalowicz, the author of Profit First, and now here's your Profit First Nation guide, Daniel Mulvey. Welcome to Profit First Nation, the podcast for the top 17% of entrepreneurs with cash in the bank to correlate to their profitability. Profit First Nation is the podcast for intelligent entrepreneurs who have taken ownership of their financials and leveraged Profit First as a cash management system to make their businesses permanently profitable. I am Danielle Mulvey, an expert at guiding entrepreneurs on owning their financials in as little as 11 minutes per day and doing Profit First right. If you are a fan of Profit First and its author, Mike Michalowicz, you have found your tribe. We are a nation of successful entrepreneurs driven to be permanently profitable with a grit and a growth mindset that lets no obstacle stand in our way in pursuit of the three P's, passion, profit, and play. On Profit First Nation, we dive into advanced profit first strategies and we share the honest and authentic ups and downs of being a business owner. It's an episode ending in zero. It's episode 80. So it is time to answer questions. I love getting these questions in. If you've got a question, please just go to our website, Profit First Nation, click on contact, and there you will be able to um, send us and shoot us an email. And you don't have to wait for us to record an episode. We typically answer your questions right away via email and then... um, put them in the queue when we do a episode ending in zero question and answer podcast. So our first question is from someone who I guess I would name a pen pal now. Her name is Michelle, and she has recently opened up a business in Louisiana. And gosh, I mean, we've been connecting since I think last fall. They just opened up their showroom in March, but she has just been very, you know, obsessive about keeping Profit First on track and right. So here's her um, email. Hi, Danielle. We finally officially opened our showroom this week. I have a quick question with regards to cost of goods sold. We have just been paying for initial inventory through our line of credit as part of our build out and startup funds. I started allocating with cost of goods last week, but still have some bills for those initial inventory items. Should I wait to calculate the cost of goods for next month once all of our bills are paid and we are operating with a monthly budget and no more startup costs and put those funds I subtracted last allocation or last week towards the inventory costs that I initially had under operating expenses? Thanks, and we hope to have a fantastic month next month and cover a lot more than our monthly expenses and payroll. Michelle. Oh my gosh, congratulations on your grand opening, Michelle. Um, so while cost of goods sold is an expense, you do not count it as an operating expense in terms of profit first. With profit first, when you have cost of goods sold, Remember, we deduct those expenses and contract labor from total sales to net our real revenue or our income number. And real revenue or that income number is the basis for our profit first allocations. So I know it's like confusing who's on first, what's on second. They're all on the field playing ball, but 
cost of goods will appear on your financial statements as an expense. But from a profit first perspective, we need to subtract the cost of goods sold before we get to that real revenue number or your income balance number. And that is the income balance number is what you do your allocations off of. So you take cost of goods off the table. So Michelle's question is really how to handle the cash flow related to her cost of goods or inventory cash flow and inventory replenishment. So with her advanced profit first allocation calculator, which is available as a resource, and Michelle already has this, so she will deduct the cost of goods sold from her total sales in order to help her arrive at that real revenue number, that amount that will be in our income account on allocation day. So in advance profit first, we actually recommend that you have an accounts receivable account, and then you sweep from the accounts receivable account to cost of goods, and then another account would be sales tax, and then you would take the balance and move that into your income account, and then you would have all those separate piles or those three separate accounts already delineated, and then you know new sales would come into that accounts receivable account. So this is advanced profit first, where we recommend you know when in doubt add an account. If you um, are a business that has retail sales and you have cost of goods and you have sales tax, we definitely recommend you adding three more accounts to your structure, and that would be an accounts receivable account. That's where all the money comes in. Then you would have a cost of goods account. And that would be the bucket that would tell you how much you have to spend on inventory replenishment and then a sales tax account because that's not your money. So let's just get that out of the way and not even looking at that. And then the balance would then go um, what's left into your income account. And that's what you would do your allocations off of. So with regards to when when you're leveraging this cost of goods account, You have two basic options. So when you take the total sales, then, you know, like, well, what's cost of goods? How much do I put into my cost of goods account from this, you know, accounts receivable account? So you could use the actual cost of goods, the actual value in terms of the dollars of the items sold. This is what we do in our business because our ERP, you know, when when we have an invoice and we get paid on that invoice, we know exactly to the penny what the cost of goods were on that. Or you could use a blended percentage. I would recommend that having at least five months of a historical actual cost of goods versus total sales would be helpful if you're a startup to use until you hit that sixth month. And then you can, you know, kind of keep refining what that percentage is. And so what you would do is you would just say, okay, well, our cost of goods averages 10%. So 10% from the accounts receivable account is going to go into the cost of goods. The point of having a dedicated cost of goods account is to help you maintain your inventory within a budgeted amount. Too often, retailers are swimming in inventory because they see money in their one bank account and think, okay, it must mean it's time to buy more inventory. What, well, it, doesn't it mean if I buy more, I will sell more? But really, that is the worst thing you can do. Not one new item or three new SKUs are going to change your fortunes, my friends. You first and foremost need to sell what you have on hand. That is the cash. 
that then becomes what you replace the inventory with, all right? So turn that inventory and take the cost of goods dollars and that is the amount that you have budgeted to replenish your inventory. So, you know, when you're breaking out and putting that cost of goods back into that cost of goods account after a sale, now you're seeing, okay, well, this is how much money I have to replenish inventory and that's where you spend to replenish the inventory from. All right, our next question is from Jashank. And uh, he says, hi, we have a manufacturing unit for our store. We pay our employees per piece they make. That is, if they did not make the piece, they would not get paid. So their wages are completely dependent upon how many pieces they make and are paid accordingly. Should we consider these as a cost while considering real revenue? Thank you, Jashank. Well, great question, Jashank. Since as you detailed in your original email, if they did not make the piece, then they do not get paid. So then I would recommend that you treat the pay to these specific employees as cost of goods sold labor per piece and deduct that from the total revenue to net the real revenue because the real revenue is where you do your allocations from. So similar to, you know, what we just talked about with Michelle, since you only incur this labor cost if they do the work, you could kind of treat it as like contract labor. And remember, we, we deduct cost of goods, we deduct contractors from total sales before we get to that real revenue number. So you'd want to use the advanced profit first allocation day calculator to make it super easy on the allocation day because you would just be deducting that amount and then it wouldn't screw up your allocations because you'll have already netted that out when you get that income balance. Now, all the other employees of the company that you pay a normally salary to or hourly wages to would come out of the operating expense for basic profit first or a separate payroll allocation account for advanced profit first, all right? So you would only treat these one set of employees that are, you know, doing piecework, you would pull those that expense out as a cost of goods labor per piece before you get your real revenue number. All right, our next question. Hi, Danielle, where would debt interest payments feature in the assessment? Okay, that's a great question. And I am sorry, I don't have a name to attribute to this, but we'll answer it. So debt servicing is your monthly principal plus interest payments are operating expenses. Now you're gonna eradicate that debt with your quarterly profit distributions from your profit hold account. So remember 99% of the balance of your profit account goes towards the principal on your smallest debt, regardless of interest. And then you use 1% to celebrate. And once your business debt is totally paid off at that final quarterly profit distribution, then 50% goes to you, the owner, and 50% stays in the profit hold account or the vault account if you choose as retained earnings. This is the cushion that you're building in your business for six months. So for rainy day funds, money to fuel future growth, expansion, without having to incur debt. So debt servicing is an operating expense. You have to pay the debt servicing, the monthly principal plus interest payments every month. But when you pay down the debt, you're going to pay down that debt from your quarterly profit distributions. 
you know, when you're paying it off, you're you're taking that money from the profit hold account, and it's not really necessarily a distribution because it's staying within the company. So, you know, it, it can seem overwhelming at times, and it seems like we're, you know, crossing over ourselves and, and tripping ourselves up with this. But, you know, it, it just it's just kind of weird. Um, again, this is a cash management system, so you have to look at it from cash management glasses or cash management lens. And then you have, you know, the financials and the accounting side and keeping the financial records. So using same terminology, but sort of kind of different meanings when we're talking about cash management and profit first. And when we are talking about, uh, you know, your financial reporting and, you know, keeping compliant with all of that. But as long as you do profit first right, you will be compliant with your financial reporting. Okay. So keep profit first right, keep it on the straight and narrow, and you will be able to maintain compliant financial records. So our next question comes from Shane. I am starting a remote bookkeeping business and starting with profit first on day one. Can you please convince Mike to please, 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 I think I got it, four pleases. Write a book on profit first for personal finances, please. Oh, another please. And three uh, finger crossed emojis from Shane. All right. Well, congratulations on uh, becoming an entrepreneur and starting a bookkeeping business. Um, I hope that you um, also choose to become profit first certified as well, because there is a great demand for profit first professionals right now for sure. So when it comes to writing a book for personal finance, Mike gets this question all the time. And, you know, there is no one better in terms of if you want profit first kind of mentality for personal finance than Mr. Dave Ramsey. So, you know, following those baby steps of Dave Ramsey is the way to go. It puts things in, you know, the personal perspective. And I would just also recommend binging the Dave Ramsey or the Ramsey podcast. I think they took Dave out of the title. But, you know, Dave Ramsey has a podcast. He's got a great team that he's built of different experts. You know, they kind of go deeper into great topics, including um, student loan debt, um, you know, where, where you are in terms of your career and things like that. So Dave Ramsey and the Ramsey Show podcast is the way to go. And, you know, I've, I've said this before, so I'll mention it again. I am a certified financial coach in Dave Ramsey land. So I am a huge, huge fan of leveraging the baby steps uh, for personal finance. And it works perfectly with Profit First. So I'll just put the baby steps in the visual recap for this episode. But as a just quick reminder, baby step number one is to save $1,000 for your starter or emergency fund. Step number two is to pay off all your personal debt except the house um, using the debt snowball. That's Dave's um, philosophy and, and recommendation. And we follow that with business debt and profit first. The debt snowball is to pay off your smallest debt first. And then what happens is once you pay off that smallest debt, you know, now you've got more money that you can generate towards paying off the bigger debts because that small debt is gone. You order your debt from smallest to largest, regardless of interest rate. Just forget the interest rate. Just focus on getting it paid off. 
Baby step number three is to save three to six months of expenses in a fully funded emergency fund. So that's personal expenses. So it's really important. You know, we want to keep our personal expenses separate from our business expenses. Um, so step number three is to have three to six months of expenses. Step number four is to invest 15% of your household income into retirement. Step number five is to save for your children's college fund. Step number six is to pay off your home early. Dave recommends uh, nothing more than a 15-year mortgage. And then uh, baby step number seven is to build wealth and give. So uh, those are the baby steps. And again, there really is no one better. Um, Mike is actually friends with Dave Ramsey. And, uh, you know, they have mutual admiration for each other. Uh, Mike speaks at uh, Dave's Entre Leadership Programs. And, you know, the, the perspective of leveraging profit first for Dave's members of Entre Leadership. And then, um, you know, again, Mike shows the love back in terms of using the baby steps for personal finance. All right. Our final question comes from Nicole. I am excited reading and learning more about Profit First. My first question is, if I have daily deposits automatically transferred in from my point of sale system and I'm not doing a physical deposit, do people just go in and look at the deposit and transfer that 1% out or do they wait until the end of the month or weekly? Okay, so congratulations. Yes, once you have your bank account set up and you have that profit account, you are gonna wanna start allocating 1%. So let's get you through this pretty quickly. Um, let's get the instant assessment done. I mean, you can fully implement profit first in less than two weeks. Some people can do it in five days, like it doesn't have to take months to implement profit first. But for you, you know, I would say that depending upon like how frequent you pay, it sounds like you maybe have employees and such. So, uh, you know, you need to just determine what day your allocation rhythm is going to be. Are you going to follow the book and do your allocations on the 10th and 25th? And so if you're going to do that, then that's when you would do this transfer to 1%. Um, but once you've figured out your allocation percentages, where you are now, and you create a rollout plan um, of adjusting your allocation percentages quarter over quarter until you hit your target allocation, you know, let's just let's just speed through that and get you the, to that point because my guess is that you probably um, could be allocating a higher percent once you get it all figured out. Even if it's two percent, that's a hundred percent increase over the one percent that you'd be starting with here. So. Let's charge through, Nicole, and, and get things implemented. And when you follow the steps, that's when you'll be like, okay, yes, it makes sense. We're going to do our allocations on the 10th and 25th. Or no, we're going to do our allocations on every other Wednesday because we pay people every other Friday. So congratulations on getting on the path to permanent profitability. Well, thank you so much. That brings this episode to a close. Again, if you have questions, please feel free to contact us. We uh, have it on our website. Go to ProfitFirstNation.com and click on contact. And don't forget, we have amazing resources available for you. We have a fancy new website. Um, so if you haven't been to Profit First Nation in a while, please visit. Um, we've got amazing organization and all this wonderfulness going on there. So I think that you will have a great experience. Cheers to another profitable day, my entrepreneurial friend. 
Profit First Nation website, related podcasts, and resources are provided for general information purposes only and do not constitute accounting, legal, tax, accounting, or other professional advice. Visitors should not act upon the content or information found here without first seeking appropriate advice from an accountant, financial planner, lawyer, or other professional. 